Well, hello, everybody. This is the Fireside Chat I have every week. The I is Dennis Prager. Hi, welcome. This is my home. This is my bulldog who, at about the 10-minute point, will begin snoring probably and get progressively louder over the course of the broadcast. At least that's what often happens, not always. Actually, Otto may be America's most famous dog at this time, which, as I often tell you, I am proud, as his sort of dad, that it has not gone to his head. There is nothing more obnoxious than an arrogant dog. I mean, let's be honest. A dog that thinks the world of himself is very unpleasant. And that's, of course, our fire. It's a real fire, which we have 24, not 24-7, but we have for all the broadcasts of the year, whatever the weather might be. So what is the purpose of these broadcasts, of these uh, fireside chats, is for me to just have as informal a time with you as possible to offer thoughts on that I have. I want you to feel free to look at any of the now almost 90 uh, of of these and you know hopefully there will be you know one day a thousand of these but whatever the number is i want you to feel that you can learn from the first one as much as the most recent one so uh, i also would very strongly recommend that parents show this to their kids just as they do prager u videos this is brought to you of course by prager university now, today is very exceptional, and I need to say this very clearly at the outset. I am going to, I always read questions uh, that are sent to me, and I am going to start with a question, and it's going to, I'm going to speak about it for a while. I hope I'll have time for more questions. I may not. It's all spontaneous. But here's the point. This is not for little kids, whereas almost every other uh, of the fireside chats, I don't care if your seven-year-old watches this. In fact, I hope your seven-year-old does. But uh, this one is on, on sexual matters. Uh, it is about male sexuality, as you will hear in a moment. And so it's probably not for your seven-year-old. So if you have a 13-year-old, would it be good? You have to decide. Maybe watch it first, and then you will decide. I certainly think, generally speaking, given the, the world in which we live, teenagers should hear about this. Uh, certainly by 15. Uh, you, one should not hide uh, the subject I'm about to speak about from uh, from a teenager. The, the earlier that people knew, know this, uh, I knew this very early in my life, what I'm about to tell you, and uh, for a whole host of reasons. But uh, anyway, I'll read you the question. So I have told you about the littlest kids, and now you know. This is from Danny, who's 18. Perfect. <laughs> Sydney, Australia. Hi, Danny in Sydney. Good day, Dennis. Very cute. Very good day. Actually, good day. Good day to you. What are you doing? The fireside chat on male nature you mentioned a while ago. It would be very interesting to hear your thoughts on it. And I love this. Also, what's your favorite Beethoven symphony? That's really funny. The, uh, the combination. I'll, I'll start with the latter part. I probably have, uh, they're, all ma they're all masterpieces, absolutely. But uh, I would say the seventh and the seventh, the fifth, I would go seventh and fifth are tied. And the third and the ninth, 
and it's not coincidental that they're the odd-numbered symphonies, and I'll just take 20 seconds on this. Beethoven wrote nine symphonies, and except for the first, the third, the fifth, the seventh, and the ninth are very, very serious, and the second, fourth, sixth, and eighth are not. It's a very interesting thing. He like he would go intense, less intense, intense, less intense. Okay, male nature. All right, here we go, Megan. Thank you. Okay, so this is very important. The very fact that I have to talk about this, and I've had to my whole life, and by the way, there is a, uh, a, a series that I gave on male sexual nature, four, I think they're four 90-minute talks, and I gave them a long time ago, and I gave them at a synagogue, so they couldn't, they're not exactly risque, but on the other hand, they're very direct, and they're very important. Uh, I am sure they're available at, at the Prager store, which owns all of my, I don't, <laughs> which owns all of my, my personal product, as it were. But if this, uh, if you find this compelling, you should give those, uh, those talks a male sexual nature. I just think that's the title of it. The reason that this amazes me is that I have to give it is, I don't believe I would have had to have told this, excuse me, I don't think that I would have had to have told this to my grandmother. I think my grandmother, and I, I mean this literally, I don't talk in hyperbole. I believe my grandmother, both my grandmothers, neither of whom went, well, I guess my one grandmother did go to high school, neither went to college. One grandmother never went to high school. But I would never have had to have given this talk to my grandparents or their parents. And I'm talking grandmothers, let alone grandfathers, who certainly would know what I'm talking about because they're male. And uh, why would that be? In other words, I believe, I am, I am close to certain, that my grandmother understood male sexual nature better than the average female uh, gets a PhD in sociology or English or certainly women's studies or gender studies uh, or, or a whole host of other things. It, it, and it's an amazing thing. In other words, you were actually taught to be ignorant uh, at college uh, on many, many subjects. This is one of them. Beginning with the, the uh, lie that I was told when I was in college that men and women are basically the same. And it, so if people are basic, if men and women are basically the same, then the, I, the whole question is absurd. What do you mean male sexual nature? There's no such thing. Men and women have the same sexual natures. But when you, when you realize you, it's to say that is to, is to live life on premise A and then believe premise B. <laughs> It's astonishing to me. Did you, if you believe that men and women have the same natures, then how do you explain that all this harassment stuff and all this Me Too stuff and all of that is all in 99.999% of it is all in one direction, male against female? Why aren't 50% of the harassers female? How come females aren't just walking over to men and, and, and touching them in an inappropriate manner? Because they're, they're, they're more self-disciplined? Please. I mean, it, it, you've, you've got you've to have a, a graduate degree to believe something that stupid. 
It's because it's it's not it's not in female nature to do that. Gee, I you know I really I really there are you know all these men working in the office and I really I, I just want to tell them uh, sexual things, I, or I just I really want to touch them all over them. I, I it, it's do you understand? No, you, you, I guess well. I'm posing it as a question that is it worth asking? It's just worth stating. The amount of untruth that is told at college and told in the media and anything else that the left, the, the left, you have to understand, the left does not believe that the search for truth is a search worth making. They believe that the search is for utopia, a place they imagine that men and women are the same, and then they declare it. Whatever they imagine, that is that is their reality. It is an it's it's a an extremely immature, childlike thing. I uh, I believe in monsters, so there must be monsters. That's what, it, that's what it is. I believe, I want to believe men and women are, by the way, I don't even know why you'd want to believe that. <laughs> it, it, to me, that is not, it's hardly a wonderful world where both sexes are the same. It's one of the, one of the, it's a difficulty, it's a challenge, but it's one of the greatest things on earth that men and women are different. But that's where this, that's the reason that I even have to talk about this because of this, and it's I, only the word lie is appropriate that men and women are basically the same. So, again, answer me how do you explain that all of this stuff? How many women are saying to men who work for them, if you don't sleep with me, you don't, you don't get advanced uh, at work? <laughs> it's there's, there's just the sexual natures are so different that. It is probably the hardest, the hardest thing that I know of in, w among humans is for women to understand male sexual nature. Some do. Alison Armstrong, for example, does. She's, uh, she has a tremendous uh, presence on the internet, and I have her on my male female hour uh, four times a year, and I have for about 10 years. She's uh, she's gifted because she she and I asked her often, why do you understand men so well? She said, because I wanted to. That's all it takes. It takes a woman. The, to have the desire to understand men, but most women don't want to in this in this realm, not because they're bad or anything else, but because it's too frightening. And totally understandably, male sexual nature is frightening to women, and I get it. And by the way, it when, when uncontrolled, male sexual nature is frightening. But most men, at least in our society, thank God, do control themselves. But uncontrolled male sexual nature is truly uh, uh, a frightening thing to women. That uh, uh, if there were no moral rules and no police, men would grab women and do what they wanted as a rule. That is the way men are made. The fact that your man doesn't act that way is because he has been given a set of rules 
and because he knows that he will be punished, or just enough that he has these set of rules and the fear of punishment is not even necessary. But rules, men know this, and, and we, we, we males, I, I am one of them, I am male, we know this from a very early age. We can't act out our sexual nature. It's, it's, it's made clear to, to boys in, in the vast majority of instances at a very early age, and it is a good thing that it, that it is done. But the reason a woman will not want to know is because she, she wants to believe the feminist lie, the left-wing lie, uh, and I hate using such strong language because the word lie, to me, you have to reserve it for really, really severe moments. But this is severe. That men and women are basically the same is a spectacular lie. And uh, so what happened, by the way, I have lived long enough to see the results. So all these young women go to college, they learn this lie. Oh, you have the same sexual nature as a man. So they act out on it. You're as happy with, uh, with non-committed, non-emotional sex as males are. So a lot of girls uh, say, oh, yes, I'm just like a guy. I, I could sleep around just as much as guys want to sleep around. And... This is not true for every female, clearly, I, I recognize that. But for most, that is not a road to happiness. Whereas for men, it may not be a road for happiness, but it certainly isn't a road to unhappiness. <laughs> men are very happy to have women say, oh, I'm just like you, let's sleep together. The men, uh, men are uh, very happy to meet such a woman who uh, has that attitude. But one of the reasons that that there is this lie, another lie, that the colleges are a rape culture, and I could prove to you it's a lie, because parents would never send their daughters to a rape culture. Okay, so uh, people say it, but they don't believe it. Would you send your daughter to a place you thought had a rape culture? Of course not. Would you go if you were female? Of course not. So that's a big lie. By the way, to get me to defend colleges shows I'm committed to truth because I can't stand what colleges have become. And this, so anyway, they, this is the, this is the argument. So a lot of the women, why is it called again, a rape culture? Because a lot of women do have a, a, a fair amount of sex uh, with different men and then uh, feel very unhappy about it afterwards, even depressed. It's not been a road to their happiness. Are there some women who love it? I have no doubt there are some women who love it. Uh, the, I can never account for everyone. If you have to account for everyone, you will never understand life. You have to be able to make generalizations about most. Seatbelts save lives. Does it save everyone's life in a crash? No. Sometimes people are killed by a seatbelt. But the statement, seatbelts save lives, is accurate. So too, whatever statements I'm making about sexual nature of men versus women. So, okay. So... In no order of importance, one uh, vast difference is that uh, sex is on males' minds a lot. Or as a friend of mine said to me in high school, uh, and he was a religious guy, he, he came over to me one day, you know, Dennis, I did a survey of the guys in our class, and I came to the conclusion that one out of every 10 thoughts a guy has is not about sex. 
That was a brilliant line. That's why I didn't forget it. I, I wasn't in high school yesterday, and I remember it. And I thought, that is really funny because there's so much truth to it. Women would be, if women got a male brain for a day, there would be a lot of reactions. First of all, they would be, they would be astonished at how little is going on. The, it, it is, that would be one of the major, they would go, oh my God, free, free at last. Uh, whereas if men got a, a woman's brain for a day, I think they would shoot themselves. Don't, we, we would not allow them to have access to, uh, to a weapon because they would probably kill themselves. So much is going on in the female brain at one time. So they're very different brains, which there's a very funny uh, uh, thing on the internet about a guy talking about the male brain and the female brain, and he walks over to a male, uh, uh, you know, uh, a sculpture of a male head and a sculpture of a female head. By the way, there there are so many hilarious, uh, so many hilarious things on the internet about male female differences, and they all resonate to the exact same ideas that I'm talking to you about now because it, because people know it. Now, there's a famous one about two boxes. There's a female box and a male box. So the female box has uh, got like 10 knobs and dials, and it has lighting diodes, and the male box has an on-off switch. <laughs> you know, uh, or there's another one, famous one on the, on the how, to, uh, how to seduce a, a, uh, a woman. And it's got a list of like 15 things, bring her flowers, say nice things, talk about what's on her mind, perhaps stroke her tenderly, uh, you know, like 10, 15 things. Uh, the other one, uh, sh uh, bring food, show up naked. That's it. That's, 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 it's not hard. So uh, why, do they, why do people put these things out? Because the, they, they resonate with real life. That's why. So, of course, men think about it more than women. Are there some women who are preoccupied with it? Yes, there are some women. But again, it's like the old seatbelts thing. It's irrelevant for the vast majority. Look, I'm so open on this. And by the way, I'm open about this because my father was. My father spoke about sex with the ease with which he would speak about the weather. As a very rare home in that regard, and he was a, and he was a religious man. He was an Orthodox Jew, and and yet he spoke about it uh, again with the ease with which, uh, uh, and therefore I can. I got this from him, and so uh, the difference only is he spoke to the family about it, and I speak to millions of people about it. So, it, but it's really I'm sort of a conduit to my father, who who taught me it's part of life. Recognize it, control it. But recognize it. And, and uh, God made us this way. There's nothing to rebel against. You just have to learn to control it, which is not easy. Uh, he's, he would sometimes, he would actually sit uh, uh, at, the, uh, at, at our Sabbath table where we did hours and hours of talking. That's where I learned a lot about life at that table every Friday night and Saturday afternoon. And uh, he would say, you know, I have one question for God. Why did he make the male sex uh, urge so strong? And my mother was present, and uh, she she uh, she loved them. They were married sixty nine years and together seventy two years, seventy three years. And uh, but he he was totally uh, aware of the of the male sex urge and spoke about it. So there the the first difference is the uh, the ubiquity of of thought about it. And it takes, it takes almost nothing to trigger that thought. The, if, uh, 
And that brings me to number point number two, and that is the power of the visual. Women are stimulated by a whole host of things, uh, but men, for men, the visual is the most powerful. And that does not have, uh, I've, I've, I've done this so often on my, on my radio show. I have a national radio show. You, if you, even people around the world listen to it. It's on the internet. And every Wednesday, the second hour of my show is about men and women. And it's, I'm very honest about it. And I've learned an immense amount because I have had thousands of people call in and send me emails. Th- this is not just stuff that I knew on my own. This is stuff based on talking to so many men and women who open up to me. And so I get the argument, a woman will call up, what are you talking about? Oh, I, you don't think that I'm turned on by a, by a really good looking man? Okay, so let, let me answer that. Uh, there, there are so many answers to the, 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 this question. Well, aren't women also visually aroused? Uh, yes, but this, it's not comparable. And the only reason women argue with me about this is I, totally understandably because they don't understand how powerful it is in men. Otherwise, they, they wouldn't argue. So I have a, 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 a whole host of proofs. What, the, the most... Well, I don't know if it's the most obvious proof, but an obvious proof is uh, what uh, what men watch on the Internet. It used to be in magazines. Now, of course, it's on the Internet. Uh, so uh, I, when I will write a book on male sexual nature, which I intend to after I have a whole I have a series of books I have to finish, uh, but it's very important. I, I feel a moral obligation to write such a book. So I will list... Uh, and I think I actually did, I think somewhere, but anyway, I, I listed some of the things that are available for men to look at, which, uh, for, I won't, I won't go beyond what is allowable on public video. Uh, but I, uh, let's put it this way. There is nothing about a woman that for which there isn't some website, uh, I'll, I'll give you a simple one, just legs. There are no websites of male legs to turn women on. Okay. I, I, uh, it doesn't exist. The idea is a joke. Oh my God. Look at those legs. Oh, wow. Is that exciting? Does not happen to women, but it does happen to men. In fact, you don't even need a leg. If if the society had women wearing all wearing long skirts to their ankles, and all you could see is the woman's ankle, ankles would turn men on. I'm not kidding. Uh, I the, none, nothing I'm saying is exaggerated or kidding, because you have to hear this, or the or or you can't have good relations between men and women. You can't base relationships on lies. As, as desirable as the lies may be, the visual is that powerful. And it, there, it, there is no equivalent in women. That's not to say that a, a really, a, a, an unbelievably gorgeous man uh, will, not, uh, will not turn a woman on. Of course, obviously. But even that shows you the guy has to be unbelievably gorgeous. Whereas the, the woman doesn't have to be unbelievably gorgeous. She basically has to breathe. And, and so th- that's, there's no, there's no comparison. How many gorgeous men are there? 
very, very, very small. The vast majority of men are average looking. They become sexy by personality, ambition, intelligence. Uh, I, I mean, women fall. Why did you fall in love with him? Very few will say because he's gorgeous. Very few will say, well, because uh, he was I, I loved his sense of humor or, he, or I fell in love with his mind. That's what they will say. Not, oh, because of his body. Okay. Now, it helps. I have no doubt about that. It's better to be good looking if you're a man than not good looking. I totally get that. By the way, most really good looking men are gay, so they're, they're out of the picture for women anyway. So this is the way it works. And that's just, that's just the way it is. It's, as I said, there's no legs uh, so, so, by the way, since I've gone through all of this with women who've disagreed with me, I know all the arguments. Well, you know, women are looking at pornography too these days. Yes, but it's not the same thing. And, and it's not in the same numbers or the, da the danger of pornography is overwhelmingly vis-a-vis -vis males. There are other dangers for women in society. Both sexes have their own problems. But this problem is overwhelmingly a male one. So the visual is, has no analog for the female. By the way, it, it, it's, that's the way the human species is made. The, the Bible is 3,000 years ago, describes the, this biblical character in Genesis, Rebecca, as beautiful to look at and beautiful of form. In other words, a beautiful face and a beautiful body. 3,000 years ago, people made peace. People wrote the Bible, or, or God wrote the Bible, whichever one you want to do, but, but it, 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 it's, that's, that's the way it is. That, it's not true in peacocks. In peacocks, the male is colorful and beautiful, so he is the visual stimulant. So it's true for peacocks, but it's not true for people. I can't tell you how unhappy I am that I even have to say this. I'm saying every man watching, unless he has been truly uh, brainwashed to believe what women believe, knows what I'm saying is true. I know this because I get mail from men. The men call me up. They thank me for saying it because they can't tell their wife this. By the way, I have a great video out there. He wants you. It's called He Wants You. It's, I did that video at PragerU. I only do about 10% of our videos, but that's one of the ones that I did. And it, it is about men looking at other women. And it's very helpful to both sexes to, uh, to watch that. Because in the final analysis, yes, he looks. We are programmed to look. And by the way, my wife, too, uh, I, I could not be happily married if I had to hide my nature from my, own, my wife. You are... You are close to a person if you can say everything about yourself to them. The more you hide, the less you have a real relationship. The, but, and and I, therefore, I'm telling you how often there's not a real relationship between men and women, even married men and women, because, uh, and I know this from talking to any number, I mean, thousands of men, that they, they don't let their wife know what they think sexually because they're afraid of her reaction. She'll say, you're sick. That's what they're afraid. You're sick. But it's not sick. It's completely normal. Sick is molesting a child. That's sick. I, I agree. There is sickness in this world. There's plenty of it. But it's male sexual nature is not sick. It is, it is, it is normal. 
doesn't mean you can act on it all the time. Of course you can't. But that's, that is, so the visual and the, the ubiquity uh, of, the, of, of thinking about it, the ease with which it is triggered in males, uh, but obviously, you know, men go to work, men do their jobs, men, men get a lot done, but the fact is that that's what they think about. Uh, I'm, I'm so open about this. I'll tell you a line I tell my wife, which is, uh, I get, she gets a big kick out of an idea. Out of nowhere, we'll be driving in the car and I'll say, you know, uh, you know, the, uh, the last thing on your mind is the first in mine. And we both crack up and she knows I'm not talking about, you know, medieval Belgian history, which is not the first thing on my mind, generally speaking, even if I'm in Belgium. So that's, by the way, I will be in Belgium, ironically. I'll be speaking to the uh, European uh, Parliament on, uh, in, uh, in, yes, in a couple of weeks, actually. It's, it's, on, my, uh, it's on my website, DennisPrager.com, Where's Dennis? So if you are in Europe, especially near Belgium, uh, you can uh, you can attend uh, you can attend my talk is on freedom. It will not be on male sexual nature. It will be on freedom. So does that answer the question? Did I uh, pretty much cover the the bases? We have two men and a woman here. It's uh, you should ask. You should play this for your if you're a, a, a girl uh, with a boyfriend or a woman with a boyfriend. Uh, you're a, um, a, a a wife with a husband. You know, say, is this true? And then watch him stutter. <laughs> and see, the, the thing, what, what I have done with my male-female hour is I have, I call it, I have defanged the monster. Male sexual nature is a monster to women. And I have removed its fangs. I have made it uh, less frightening which is great. It's a service to both sexes that, that I have uh, done so. Okay. So how long was that? 30. Really? Okay. So I, I, I met, uh, what's the uh, person's name in Sydney, Australia? Danny. Danny. I have really met Danny. I did it at 30 exactly. Mm -hmm. I really do have a built-in clock. So I'd be very happy to take more questions on this once you've seen it, because it's really, really important stuff. So I guess until next week, I'm Dennis Prager, and thank you for watching. Thank you for watching. If you'd like to keep these fireside chats free, please do by donating to PragerU.